Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Hello, Penn State people. Hi, Dave Jones. I'm Bob Flounders. It's the Blue White Breakdown podcast, and uh, it's a big week, Dave. It's a big week. The Blue White game is finally about here, Saturday. We're taping this on Tuesday. I know it's a big week for you. You have a big day on Wednesday. I don't want to give too much away, but I'll be thinking of you on Wednesday. What's Wednesday? It's April 20th. Yeah. Isn't that a birthday? Today is my 65th birthday. Yes. I thought it was April 20th. Today is my 65th birthday, and I look every minute of it. I thought it was April 20th. I, I, I apologize. You've never gotten it right. You've never known. You've never cared. I was close. I always thought yours was the, the 22nd, and it's really the 16th. No, Dave. <laughs> it's the day of the blue white game this year 21st no 23rd 23rd yeah see i've yeah. always thought it was the 22nd that's funny yeah we both missed by a day yeah the important yeah. thing is if we can get within 48 hours of our birthdays after all this time we know it's april in our advanced ages i think if we can get close it counts for something so anyway uh it's been a pretty interesting spring uh, Dave and I are going to talk on this episode about, well, there, there is really, if things don't change in August, and James Franklin says that they will change, I'm not sure that they will. Penn State really does have an Achilles heel, in my mind, this year, more so than normal years. Before I do that, I wanted to, I'm trying to personalize this a little bit. So um, I just wanted to ask you, you came on the Penn State beat. Uh, was it 89 or 90 right around then? 91. Do you remember anything about your first anything? And can, just for the fans, like how much in your has it changed at all for you? The blue white game? Did they take it more seriously? Did guys actually hit each other? Like, would you, what do you remember about it? Yeah, they did. They did in the 90s. They actually probably played at 80% speed. It was a real game. Now it looks like the Pro Bowl, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. Right? Well, yeah, very much very much about it's just another practice. You know, we're not going to give a lot of the key guys a lot of reps, whereas it, it really was, you know, something to look forward to, you know, a couple of decades ago. But unfortunately, do you remember? I So my first blue-white game was, unfortunately, it was, it was the 2003 blue-white game. There, they were coming off the nine and four year where they they that was maybe the one of the great nine and four teams in like NCAA history. They lost four <laughs> games by like five points, and they they were all killer teams. 
And everyone was really optimistic about 2003 because Zach Mills was back. Michael Robinson was really good as a freshman. They, they were really high on uh, Tony Johnson at wideout, yada, yada, yada. Same old Penn State. We're finally back. 2000 and 2001 were aberrations. And Dave... That 2003 blue-white game didn't didn't go go so great, and the season was in the toilet before we knew it. Did they get somebody hurt? No, I don't think that they did. Uh, I don't think that. I, I think it was an overall talent issue with the 2003 team. The only three teams they beat were were Kent State, Temple, and Indiana, and all the other games. A lot of them were not really that competitive. But that was my first experience. So we, if you were if you were 91, Dave. Wasn't a current Penn State assistant coach a captain on that team? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Terry Smith was Al Golden on that team too, or no? I, I that sounds about right. I'm trying to think. You got me on to 03. Now I'm thinking. I think that was a big year for Mike Gasparato or somebody. <laughs> in the, in the blue white game. I thought you were going to get into blue white game stars of the past. Older Penn State fans would just accuse us. Of rubbing it in. I just brought up 2003 because that was my first one. But yours, if you covered him in 91, I think Terry Smith was like, was one of the four captains. I think that was a pretty good team. Bob, I was on the beat in 91, but I don't, I don't remember actually going up to blue white games. Yeah, that was just like Ronnie. And I don't remember going up there until probably the mid nineties or the late nineties. Yeah. So at that point, they did seem to. You know, you're down on the field and you see big guys running fast and, and hitting. They can be at 80% speed, and, and it's pretty it's pretty impressive. I'm wondering if at this point they did get a couple of guys hurt, and I can't remember what do year. You remember, some, do you remember when Bill O'Brien's second year, Zach, Zach, uh, or, uh, Zach Zwinak broke his wrist in the blue-white game? That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and they, right after that, he was not happy about it. And I think it was even later in April, and he was – because he was at the caravan like a week later, and he was in not a good mood about the blue white. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all these guys are trying to promote the program for the fans. It's a fan experience. Used to be parking was free; anybody could come in, and that was valid. And on the other hand, you don't want to get your guys hurt. I wonder, and that was probably a threshold moment. That was 2013, right? Yeah, I think that might have been a threshold where. They said, we are not going to get guys hurt in these stupid things. Why not even, why not try, just turn it into a skills competition? Wouldn't that be a good idea? I mean, as long as the fans are entertained in some way, shape, I would give away free beer in the, in the parking lots, not at the stadium. Just the first three beers are free. Come on out. Enjoy the weather. It's supposed to be pretty nice on Saturday. And yeah, just come up for an hour tailgate, barbecue with your friends, and then get back on the road. What about That's a skills up. competition that involves fans where where it's a fan against a player? I mean, that is conceivable, right? Where you you could have you could have a, a guy come in off the after after drinking three beers, come come in and try to throw a ball through a tire, a swinging tire. He could possibly win. He could win. It's possible and beat a player, that would be hilarious. Or a quarterback from the team throwing deep balls to a drunken fan. That would be 
I would pay to watch that. I mean, you've got to be you, you don't have to make the fans drunk, but if they are, so be it, you know, or or like do do what they they did with us a few years ago and tried to get got people to reporters to go out there and catch punts. You could get betting involved, who can catch the punt, who who can't catch the punt, you know, scoreboard odds, all sorts of things that are possible if you just think about it that would be more fun than the current blue white scrimmage in in my opinion. Yeah, because really the the game's going to be what two hours, and you're just trying to kill two hours. And if you can have the team go through some kind of workout for like an hour in front of the fans, that's not too taxing. And then have the second hour just be about hopefully something very funny happening that the fans would enjoy. That would be great. But yeah, ways to improve future blue white games. That sounds like another column idea, Dave. Sounds like one maybe you might be into. The 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 promotion. Who are the promotional people up there now? Do you even know them? I would, do not. If you had a if you had a couple of minutes with James Franklin and you sat down with these ideas, I think you'd have an ear. That's all I'm saying because <laughs> their their main thing is just not to get guys hurt. That's the only thing he wants to do is get through the day without getting anyone hurt. Well, and the other thing this year that I think it's even going to make it more difficult to even have any semblance. he So he's been saying it almost since the – they do not have very many healthy, uh, talented, ready-to-go offensive linemen for spring. Now, he basically said whether it's because he, – he won't say what what's holding people back, but they had some people leave. I think there's a couple players that are not healthy, but he doesn't talk about it. He's basically said they don't, they've only really had five guys. All spring, they've only had one offensive line to work with. So you can imagine, Dave, what that's going to mean for the blue-white game. It's going to mean it's just going to be anarchy, man. It's going to be bad. I don't know what he's going to do. He's going to have to shorten up the game, but they only have five guys. And if they don't find some guys in August, that's the Achilles heel because the offensive line is always concerned, and that's when they have like eight or ten bodies. Well, if you only have five or six, man – it's it's it could be really bad. I'm I'm, a, I'm more than a little concerned about the offensive line right now. How could this have happened? How could he not have some in the bank at this point? Well, I think I think at least one player who was capable of starting is is just not available this spring. They have they have a kid from the transfer portal coming in in August. He can't practice before then. Um, but you know, Rasheed Walker left early. The guys that they're replacing were just out. Uh, Miranda was out of eligibility. Wilson was out of eligibility. The other thing is some of the guys they've recruited, Dave, some of these three-star offensive linemen, I don't think they're ready for prime time yet. And they've, they've been on the roster like a couple of years. So that's that's the issue. I think they're in a little bit of a bind. I hope I'm wrong. But I don't see I don't see Penn State with a lot of viable options coming out of spring. And hopefully they can get two or three players to come to Penn State. And there's always – they could always add another body or two via the transfer portal, but it's not, it's when he, when he started his spring press press conference by saying, you know, we're really, really short a couple of offensive linemen <laughs> after what happened last year. I was just like, boy, you know, you let off with Oh three and now you're saying this. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. They have a couple of talented offensive linemen in theory, but Dave, who, I I don't know, but he's he's. I think every availability he's mentioned how limited they are on the offensive line. So I just don't. I think you're gonna ha- you'll you're gonna be up there on Saturday 
I don't I don't know that the backups when they come in the game are going to really be able to kind of hold their own. Well, see, this this gets to the the folly of the blue white scrimmage in the first place. Right. And and what is what is really what are the most dynamic plays in football? I mean, what are the most important plays in football defensively is edge rushers getting to the quarterback. Well, they can't do that in this game. It's not even possible. Uh, they don't want to do that. Uh, that's illegal. You're not going to get that. And really, you you have a product that is not has never been appealing to me anyway because they they never wanted to do that and they, they don't want to beat up their quarterbacks. I guess the the one thing they'll show off is the backup quarterbacks, and that's what everyone will come to see. Bayou was an interesting quarterback last year, and everyone's going to come to see Alar. I guess you would agree with that. And Prabula, Prabula's done well this spring too. Yeah, so so that's if if it looks like seven on seven, so be it. So people will enjoy that, and it'll be a good weather day. It looks like it's going to be sixty five and sunny, and not too much wind, so they'll be able to fling it around. So I, I would like to see a skills contest down the line, and just forget the competition because it's not really a competition. That's all. No, no, and I think it's probably you're right. It's it's been years and years and years, and it's only going to get worse. And what would you do if you were the coach? What would you do? Yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely scale it way back. I would definitely, I would make it more towards entertainment, completely entertainment. The quarterbacks were off limits. I would make, I would make a lot of players off limits. I think at the blue white game, I don't really think the fans. Uh, you're right. What do they want to see? They want to see those quarterbacks. They want to see Nick Singleton, the five star running back, run the ball a couple of times, just a couple, and and that's it. They don't really care what's going to go on at the line of scrimmage. No, they want to see pitch and catch. They, we're not we're not worried about uh, Blake Zalar and whether he can be the the third the second string center. We want to see pitch and catch. We want to see seven on seven, and we want to see how guys throw the ball and catch the ball and run. That's that's all you're going to get. So that's that's what it is. This is the blue white breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a long-time patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. I guess you did not watch the uh, John Barr ESPN thing. Can we get into this now? Yeah, yeah. What's it? It's didn't he do? Was it a little self-serving? Was it like the ten-year anniversary? I just saw the the intro, and it was all about him, like like on camera. And I'm like, what's yes, going on? It's John Barr work, walking pur- purposefully. Uh, a lot of this, a lot of a lot of thoughtful. You remember the guy in uh, Dateline NBC with the white hair? <laughs> where where was she that night? You know that guy. He should have been in it. I think it it could not have been more self important. And there's no nothing new in it. No reporting. It was like this this manufactured bullshit all the way through of forty forty eight minutes and and an opportunity a for Graham Spanier. Can you believe this? To, I, I saw the written story about him. I saw the part where I didn't see the video, but it would, they talked to Spanier, Schultz, uh, Curly said no. I don't. I, I don't know if there was another guy, but it was just crazy. I think Jay Paterno was quoted. Jay, Jay, Jerry Sandusky. That's that's the big crescendo ending. Yeah, Jerry Sandusky saying 
not only that he's innocent, but the only way Joe can be exonerated is if Jerry, he is exonerated. That's the ending. I mean, it, it was it was brutal. I mean, it was just a, I, I don't mean brutal toward Joe or not toward Joe. I just just mean the, the whole thing could not have been more self-serious and empty and hollow and overproduced. It was just crap. It was, it was sometimes Disney does really good things. Sometimes 30 for 30 and, and E60 do great stuff. They have. Um, Jeremy Schapp, I love. I mean, he's a good dude. He had nothing to do with this. He's just the host. Yeah, who, who, who produced this thing? It was, I can't remember the guy's name. I've never seen him. And John Barr was the host. So even John Barr has done good stuff. He, he's done some good original reporting, but this just smelled, it smacked of a contrived attempt to co-market this with the Todd Hodney story for, for whatever reason, which was a legit story. It was real new reporting and unearthing stuff that no one, that I didn't know. A lot of people didn't, don't even remember him existing. I guess there was a Sports Illustrated story 42 years ago that mentioned him, but nobody remembers that, and no one knew the stories of all these women. It was original reporting. This was a rehash of stuff we all knew with a bunch of people we never need to hear from again. Graham Spanier being at the top of the list. He actually shows his ankle bracelet and, and says it's uncomfortable. Yeah, that's the uncomfortable. Yeah, like that's the uncomfortable part about it, Graham. Yeah, way, way to go. Yeah. Are you kidding? The irony never, never occurs to him. Apparently, I just, I had to get that out because I, I didn't want. I, I watched a lot of NBA last night in the Sixers, and the, and the, that was fun. And I just didn't want to ruin it with this because I knew it was going to suck. I just didn't know how much it was going to suck because this is the worst type of pandering to an audience that is curious and ends up saying, why did I just waste an hour of my life? This, that's, that's what it was. So you can watch it or not. All right. So you brought up the NBA. Like it's, it's, I know, I know it's, they beat up the Raptors for two games. Where do you see the Sixers in the, in the big picture of the playoffs? Well, I got to say, I might have been wrong about James Harden working with Tyrese Maxey because he's actually working really well with Tyrese Maxey right now. He's deferring, but the, the, what I come back to is it's the Raptors. Uh, Scotty Barnes was hurt. Um, this is a, a, an undermanned Raptors team that wasn't all that good in the first place. I don't know what it means because they're going to have to beat the Heat and then beat the Bucks after that, you would think. Uh, those are two different series completely. That said, it's pretty fun to watch James Harden at his, the speed he is now, he's not going to, he's not worn down yet as he probably could be as the tournament progresses. Um, working with Tyrese Maxey, who is a, just a fabulous talent. And that is fun. And Joel Embiid is, he is motivated, man. He looks like he's on a mission. It makes them a dangerous team. They look like a dangerous team. I don't think they can make it past. I don't think they can win, which is why I had a problem with acquiring Harden. In the first place, you're basically mortgaging your future in order to win now. And I just don't think Harden gives them quite enough to get over the hump, to get over that hump. But, man, if they're going to do it, it's going to be now. Uh, it's a big task. And I don't think you saw the Warriors last night, but holy crap, 
How about Jordan Poole? How about that guy? Jordan, I was going to say, Jordan Poole. Yes, yes. Jordan Poole. You know, he was not a – I always liked him. I always thought he had possibilities, but nobody imagined this. He and and Steph Curry put on a show. I mean, it was amazing stuff. Behind-the-back passes from Poole. Deep shots from Poole. He looked like a young Steph Curry. He really did, and they were playing together. And now Steph Curry coming off the bench, <laughs> scoring 30 points, and Jordan Poole scoring 29, and just finding each other all the time. Uh, uh, Clay Thompson got involved. The Warriors looked really, really good and deep with young players. So should the Sixers somehow get through the East, which I don't see, but they look like a dangerous team, and get to the Warriors, I anticipate the Warriors coming out of the West. I just I just can't see how they they could get over all those hurdles. But that said, I think I was wrong about James Harden blending into this crew. He he has done it. He's not ball dominant and he's playing as a team player, which I did not anticipate. He is deferring a lot a lot to Tyrese Maxey, which is what you want to do because this guy's He's a star right now. He's not a budding star. He's he's a really, really good player and one of the great young players in the league. There's, we're seeing a change in the guard of the NBA. People say, eh, when I the NBA, they, they, don't, they don't play team basketball. Well, it's not true. It isn't true, and last night was an example. So I, I didn't want to get into this. This It's all right. It's all right. We got, we got, we got to the blue-white game. It's all right. But um, I was just going to say – I'm no, I'm no, nowhere near the basketball fan that you are. I'm watching it with one arm tied behind my back because Luca. I don't know if Luca's going to even play in that series, and it's it's just really not been a good series without him. But I, that's not what I wanted to talk to you about. Is the team that I think is fascinating to me in in the remaining in the playoffs because they play so hard, and the way that they play is the Celtics. I respect the adjustment they've had to make. I think because of some injuries, and they will d your ass up. They were, that game against the Nets, that finish, that whole game with Kyrie going off late, and they could, they did what they could to try and slow him down. They barely could. I just think that's a team that's got because of the way they play. I wouldn't not, I would not necessarily count them out against many teams because when you defend like that and you have a couple players who can score, I think they're a dangerous team. How about the end? How about the end where Jalen Brown? is going down the baseline. He gets double teamed. There's like six seconds, five seconds. He somehow figures out a cross-court pass to Marcus Smart, who does not just cast up the first shot. He could have shot right then. And Marcus Smart, a jab step, and then again back across the lane uh, to Jason Tatum, who makes a fabulous catch and spin with two-tenths of a second left, lays it in. I mean, that, that is team basketball. It was beautiful basketball. And for all that, I bitch about hero ball in the playoffs, which I was always afraid James Harden would do. Maybe he won't. I'm with you on the Celtics because they, they can do that on offense too. They're an interesting team, and they're going to be an impediment for whoever. They're going to be a hard out. They're going to be a hard out no matter who they play because I think the way, they, the way that they play. Well, I, that's the other thing. I just think the, I just think the Sixers have a really hard road through the East. It's the opposite of the, the way it used to be where the West was always better. This year the East is really good, and the Celtics are part of that, yes. Let's conclude this Blue-White Breakdown podcast. It's a special edition because it's, it's, it's your birthday, and it's also Blue-White Saturday, 2 o'clock, Beaver Stadium. 
Do you have a morning line favorite for the MVP of the blue-white game? Because <laughs> chances are there somebody we're not talking about in the fall. I got to dig into the uh... – Cole Ciappielli. Remember when you wrote – I think you wrote a column. <laughs> that's, that's another name, yeah. It seems like all these guys were Italians back in Joe's days, weren't they? <laughs> what are the odds? What all, the, are the all, odds? These, all these five, five nine, uh, 175-pound receivers. Do you... Jimmy Cephalo. How about Malik Mega? Woo! Right? Okay. That could yeah. happen. Uh, I think that's a great pick because he's going to get a lot of run. He'll get a lot of run. I don't even – it's going to be an offensive player. I don't even know if I could top that. It's going to be – Plus, he actually has some talent, you know. He could he could show it off. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Tyler Warren. I think they have three pretty decent tight ends, and I think they're going to throw to all of them. So, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with the former quarterback. You're going with Malik Mega. Uh, I think he's French-Canadian. I know he's from Canada. He had that one long touchdown catch against Rutgers. And we're waiting for the next big play. It could come Saturday. Speaking of that, before we go, are you watching hockey? You used to be a big hockey guy. Do you just not watch the Stanley Cup playoffs? I'm a diehard New York Rangers fan. Oh, they're pretty good now, aren't they? Uh, they're one of the best teams in hockey. Yeah, they, they did the rebuild, and they did it right, unlike the Flyers. And now they're – one of the top, I'd say, six or seven teams left in the in hockey, and uh, they're going to be good for a long time. They're really young. What's new with the dog? Did, did what'd your dog get you for your birthday? Kaiser, do you want to say hi to Bob? Want to say hi? Did he did he do anything for your for your birthday? Anything? Yesterday was his birthday. He turned five. We did a lot for him. Wow. You're both Tauruses, right? Uh, I'm a cusp Aries, and I believe he is a an Aries. Yes, yes. Jeez. All right. All right, guys. Well, Dave, I'll see you Saturday. I hope I hope you're ready ready for uh, the gate. The uh, media's uh, the press box opens at 11. I think the parking opens at nine. So I'm sure I'll see you bright and early. I, I hope you have a lot of great story ideas for comms for me, Bob. <laughs> Help me out here. Do me a solid. We'll talk to you. Uh, I'll be back with Daniel Gallen a little bit later in the week. Hopefully the people that are listening are watching. A lot of them will go up to the game. The weather's supposed to be good. Come, come up and Why say not? hi to us if you see us. Yes, because we. This is the time to do it. We have lots of time and lots. Not much on our minds. <laughs> and we're lonely. We're lonely. We'll just say it. We're lonely. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Pen Live. <laughs>